Hello, beautiful and spectacular listeners. Welcome back to another week of Wishing You Wellness. I am so, so pumped for today, you guys. Today will be my first ever podcast double feature, if you will. Today, I'm going to be diving into two topics that were actually voted on on the Wishing You Wellness Instagram page. I posted a little prompt and said, hey, what would you guys like to hear about? What should I talk about next? And these were the two things that got the most votes. So part one of this episode is going to be sort of like a pocket guide to panic attacks. I'm going to share my personal recollections, some stories about me and my panic attacks, my experience with panic disorder. I'm going to share some... Why can I say this word today? Tips and tricks. Try saying that, you guys. It's actually very hard to say. Tricks and tips. You just want to mix it all up. But yes, I'll be sharing lots of tips that I've picked up along the way on my journey with panic disorder, and I'm just going to give an overall roadmap of living life with anxiety disorder or panic disorder or PTSD. And part two of this episode is going to be all about choosing a high-vibe tribe, choosing high-vibrational people to surround yourself with and to form a community with, why that's important, why it matters who you surround yourself with and who you see day-to-day, who those daily interactions happen with. As always, you guys, I want to thank my listeners who have been listening since day one, episode one. You are amazing. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for choosing to hang out with me in your car, on the drive home from work, or at the gym, on the elliptical, or I don't know, wherever you're playing this podcast, thank you for choosing me and choosing to tune into my message. It means so much that I get to share this with you guys. And if you are here for the first time, and if you did just stumble upon Wishing You Wellness, welcome, special welcome to the family, welcome to the community. I am so excited to have you here. My friend, who's like two and a half years younger than me, gave the podcast a listen and she called me and she says, honestly, you're like a big sister. Like, I feel like I'm just talking to my big sister. And guys, that is all I could ever want is to just fill that warm, comforting, older sister role for you guys. Kind of like the crazy aunt that travels, but just a little bit more warm and, you know, welcoming and advice uh, dispensing. (laughs) It's just really amazing and energizing knowing that people that I don't know have found this podcast, either because a friend shared it or they saw it on Instagram maybe, but it's just a really energizing, yeah, an incredible feeling. And so thank you guys so much for allowing me to have that feeling and for being here with me. All that said, let's just dive into today. Let's do this. So for those of you who do know me, you definitely know I'm a big storyteller. That is very much how I carry myself in the world. That's who I am in the room. I'm the person that tells the stories a lot of the time. Um, And so to start off this section on panic and on panic attacks, I would like to tell a story about my worst panic attack ever, which was actually one of my most recent panic attacks. Um, But before I dive into this, I did want to extend a trigger warning So if you are somebody who gets very anxious thinking about panic attacks, maybe you have semantic OCD and the thought of panic makes you panic a little bit, that's totally fine. Go ahead and skip forward a few minutes and you'll be good to join back in. 
So my partner Brian and I recently moved from St. Louis, Missouri to Death Valley National Park, California. It's Furnace Creek is the town we live in, but it's about a 26, 27 hour drive all said and done. I mean, square across the U.S. And we moved out here about two months ago now. And this crazy, crazy panic attack actually happened during that road trip. Because as anyone with anxiety knows, panic doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care if you're on vacation. It doesn't care if you're in the middle of a big project at work. If anything, I feel like panic preys on us during those super important and influential moments of our life. So we're on this road trip out to California and we're in Colorado Springs when this happens and we have a great day. We go down to the hot tub. It's super cold out because it's winter and we just get a look at the beautiful snow covered mountains. I mean, we go and have this nice steak dinner, some wine at the hotel. We go for a little walk. We're having a really, really good time. And then suddenly I fall pretty ill and something I'm kind of prone to is mountain sickness, altitude sickness. And so pretty immediately I notice the symptoms. I'm super nauseous. I'm having some trouble breathing. I'm getting a headache. I've had it before, not super bad, but I've had it. So I kind of knew what was happening as soon as the symptoms started kicking in. The symptoms multiply fast. Soon the nausea turns into like an inability to eat anything or drink any liquids and then the dehydration starts the snowball effect and insomnia is also a side effect of altitude sickness. So I can't sleep, I can't eat, my body is just kind of declining and the mind kind of takes cues from the body like all the time actually. So my body is declining, declining, declining and my mind starts to follow suit because the mind takes cues from the body. It really, really does. When you start feeling weird, your brain, it's trying to protect you. It's like, hey, hello, flag, something is wrong. Come check this out. Stop what you're doing. Pause, take a deep breath and assess your needs. I'm trying to tell you something. And at last, I finally fall asleep at like probably 1145 midnight, pretty late. And about an hour and a half later, I wake up just from a dead sleep it's the craziest thing from this dead sleep i wake up in a full-blown panic attack and at the time i didn't know it was happening because i had had panic attacks in the past where i had trouble breathing i was shaking maybe some crying hyperventilating during bad ones but never beyond that never anything crazier than that i woke up during this night my entire body had gone cold i felt this shaking coming from the inside of me and I was shaking uncontrollably and then all of a sudden everything went numb and I panicked so much because I remember like back in high school the one thing I remember from my health class was like the signs of a stroke right because in moments of panic this is what the mind does it jumps to these crazy conclusions so then in my brain I start the cycle of oh yeah my left arm's numb therefore I'm definitely having a stroke so my brain sent the cue to my body, hey, Allison, you're having a stroke. So guess what my body did? My body felt like I was having a stroke, you guys. Like, I seriously, like, my entire body went numb. I wasn't able to lift my arms. My arms could not be lifted. I couldn't straighten out my fingers. My face just went white, my partner said. So he took me to the car, brought me to the hospital. They rushed me inside. And as I'm being checked in, 
the nurse is talking to me. He's like, hey, look at me. Take some deep breaths with me. And I'm like, no, dude, listen, I have panic disorder. This is not a panic attack. I'm telling you. And he's like, no, hey, listen, take a breath with me. Your body can't think. It can't do anything until you stop and breathe. This is step one. This is square one. You have to breathe. And I'm reluctant, you know, as one is in a panic attack, I'm pretty irrational. I'm like, no, I can't breathe. I'll never breathe again. So finally I give in and I say, okay. And I breathe in through my nose and I breathe out through my mouth. And I do that two or three times. And suddenly I can lift my arms and suddenly I can straighten out my fingers and I can feel my skin again. And I go back and the doctor looks at me and I definitely have mountain sickness and I definitely need some rest and a banana, (laughs) some oxygen maybe, but I'm okay. My brain told my body, I'm not okay, but I was okay. There were things that I needed, but a hospital wasn't one of them. But the brain is a powerful, powerful, powerful organ. Is it an organ, the brain? (laughs) That was the dumbest thing I've said. The brain's totally an organ. As I was saying, you guys, I did not pay good enough attention in health class, and it's caught up with me in many ways. (laughs) We ended up leaving the hospital about two or three hours later that night. And I remember getting home and just seriously going straight to my journal and just writing down, what do I need to do? to never live that again? How can I get control over my panic? How can I, how can I stop it from coming and just, just blowing through like a tornado? What can I do to prevent it? What can I do to slow it down? And for me, it was this really, really powerful realization I had. I was reading an Eckhart Tolle book and it was just something about how we can't stop the bad things from happening, right? We can't stop anxiety. We can't stop panic. They're parts of life. When you do something new, you feel anxious. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just a part of life, anxiety. And I also feel like when you run from something, something bad, it chases you. And so I feel like when I run from my panic, when I try to stop it, it makes it worse. And so I adopted this mindset, this new mindset where I start to feel that first rush of panic And if you have anxiety, you know what I mean. It's like that little nausea, the warm feeling in your face, in your hands, you're sweaty. You just feel that impending sense of doom, kind of like something bad is going to happen. Now when I feel that happening and I feel that start to arise in me, seriously guys, this is real. I out loud say or state, I say, hello panic, I see you, I welcome you, come on in. I'm not going to let you disrupt my day, but I see that you're here and that's okay. I'm like, yes, this could be an uncomfortable 15 minutes. This could be an uncomfortable three hours, but either way, it's going to come to an end and I am going to be okay. I'm going to make it through it and I'm going to get to the other side of it. So I'm just going to write it out and I'm going to face this with a brave, strong face because that's all I can do. Another thing I really like to do when I feel anxious or a panic attack coming on is I like to do some grounding work. One really easy exercise you can do either with yourself or with a loved one is the 54321 game. So if you're with someone, you'll have them ask you these questions, or if you're alone, you'll kind of self prompt, but you'll go first five things that you can see. 
So five things I see right now, my bed, my um, desk, my suitcase, my yoga mat, five things you see, and then four things that you can touch, and then three things you can hear, two things you feel right now, you know, and you keep going. And what that does is it brings the mind into the present because anxiety can exist in the present. I said this in another episode, anxiety thrives in the future and in the past. That's where it can live. That's where it can infect and reproduce and grow inside of us. So grounding brings you back into the present moment and it's a lot easier to manage and to combat anxiety in the present moment because that's not where it thrives. When you are being present, when you are being in the moment, you're not having thoughts about what's going to happen next week or about that embarrassing thing you did four years ago or about the things you wish you could change. You're not thinking about that. When you're in the present moment, you're thinking, wow, the sky looks beautiful. Wow, I'm enjoying this conversation with my friends. This food tastes delicious. You're thinking those things. You're thinking wonderful present moment things. I also really enjoy grounding with visualization. Sometimes I'll lay down in bed and cover up with like a warm, cozy blanket. And I'll just kind of close my eyes and envision my body just seriously sinking into the bed, relaxing. And my bed is just giving me this big hug. It's wrapping its arms. It's wrapping its sheets around me. And it's just holding me and making me feel warm and safe and protected and away from the stress of the world. Visualization is such a powerful tool. What we see, what we like, the thoughts that we let hang out in our head, that forms our reality. That becomes our reality. So those things matter. Another great thing to do when you're feeling super anxious is self regulation or co regulation. Um, My friend and I, she's a psych guru. We talk about this all the time. And It's very, very helpful if you can implement it. Self-regulation can be giving yourself a big old, big old hug or running your fingers through your hair or something that feels good. Co-regulation is just doing that with someone else. Your partner engulfs you in this huge hug or, you know, washes your hair or squeezes you really, really tight. It gives your system a rush. It gives your system this boost, this, hey, I'm, I'm okay. Co-regulation is literally just one nervous system calming another nervous system. It's a really beautiful thing when you think about it. It's one human being, one soul being able to help calm another one down. Because here's the thing with anxiety and panic. A lot of things you do need to do by yourself. You do need to learn how to calm those panic attacks that happen when there's no one else around. But you also need your support system. You need people around you who love and care about you and understand you and get your feelings and get that you get anxious sometimes. And that's just a part of you. That's a part of the beautiful package that makes up the person you are. Some preventative steps you can take to kind of just prevent anxiety, not to necessarily stop it in the moment, but to prevent it are just things like taking care of your body and your mind, making sure that you're drinking water, making sure that you're eating, When your body is hungry, when it's thirsty, when it's depleted, it will try to tell you, it'll try to warn you. And that often does show up as anxiety or feeling unwell or feeling uneasy. Regular movement is also important. It's important to get outside, get some vitamin D when you're able to. And I know I talk about this so much, but journaling 
is seriously so transformative if you are somebody who struggles with panic or anxiety. Because when I'm being honest with myself about my feelings, when I'm actively journaling what's on my mind, the negative feelings I'm working through, all of that stuff, I'm actually able to help myself. Because when we don't know what's going on in our own minds, when we neglect to check in with ourselves, things just run absolutely rampant. The mind is kind of like a toddler because it's a lot of fun and it just wants to be creative and play and be silly and have a good time. But you can't leave it alone for too long. You can't leave it unchecked because it will get into so much trouble. I developed this kind of like visualization, I guess, for when I'm having negative thoughts that I don't want to be having that I want to get rid of. And so you close your eyes, close your eyes with me. And just imagine like a few negative thoughts that are on your heart right now. Something that's been weighing on you, whether it's self-doubt, you know, issues with the past, anxiety for the future. Just bring those things to the front of mind for a second. And then I want you to imagine they're leaves. By the way, I forgot to tell you that. They're leaves that have fallen from a tree. We'll call it the tree of life because we're getting metaphorical. So all of these leaves have piled up in front of you. And now I just handed you a leaf blower. That's your leaf blower now. That's my gift to you for being such a good, honest, thorough podcast listener. (laughs) Now you're going to take that leaf blower and you are going to blow those leaves the heck out of here. All of them. Every single last leaf. You are a professional leaf blower. You are getting them out of here. So do it. Close your eyes. I know it sounds silly. Do it. Close your eyes and blow those leaves. You've got to protect your energy. You've got to protect your lawn. This is such a silly analogy, but whatever. You got to protect your lawn. Keep those ugly leaves. Leaves are normally beautiful, but these ones are ugly. Keep those ugly leaves off your lawn. Keep your lawn clean and free and well-kept. Your lawn is your mind, and so you want it nice and clear and not cluttered with all of that outside noise. Because... Anxiety really does thrive off of external forces and things we can't control because in essence, that's what anxiety is. It's things out of our power, things we think about and obsess over that we really can't do anything about, things that we cannot change. I'm also, by the way, so freaking glad that it has become more of like public information and more public that people battle panic disorder and anxiety. Like, It's great that people are open about it and speaking about it because now people can actually get the help they need, right? I feel like there was this long period of time where people just didn't talk about it or panic attacks were perceived as just like someone sitting on their floor and rocking back and forth with their thumb in their mouth. Like there's like this image that used to exist of what a panic attack looks like. And so when someone's panic attack doesn't look exactly like that, when they're just maybe a little bit quiet to themselves, kind of going into themselves, then people can't recognize that that person needs help and that they're struggling and that they're in stress, they're in a stressful situation. I just think that awareness is absolutely everything in the world of mental health. And the first step to getting on your journey to wellness is finding the things that you can work on and finding the things that need healed and need taken care of. And for me, panic has always been one of those things that just needs healed and needs taken care of. There's still that little 12-year-old girl who went to therapy for the first time for panic disorder and like 
anxiety and always just being that nervous kid. My addiction actually began from a doctor's prescription. I had been prescribed medication for my anxiety and that eventually turned into the addiction that I then battled for two, two and a half years. I won't get too into that right now because I'm going to do a whole different episode all about that. But my addiction literally stemmed from this place of being anxious and being desperate to just feel calm and to just feel safe, right? To be vulnerable with you guys, the thing I struggle with the most in this life is anxiety and is feeling anxious and scared. But it's something that you work through and you grow through and you live through. You survive. At the end of the panic attack, you know, when the breathing has gone back to normal and your hands have stopped sweating and you're not crying anymore, you look in the mirror and you survived. You did it. It wasn't easy. It was hard. It was really hard. But you survived. And you can keep surviving. You will keep surviving. If your panic disorder is so extreme that you believe you need medications, there are absolutely options. But speaking from my personal experience, the more holistic of an approach I've taken, the better my results and just the happier and more myself I feel. Any prescriptions really that I've taken to suppress panic attacks, I mean suppress, there's the word. It just covers it up. It just pushes it away for a second and then it comes back later. And that's how addiction gets you. And so I just think that the natural approach, the holistic approach to anxiety, the breath work, the grounding, the mindful practices, the calling a loved one to talk you through it, these things are all really effective. And so I think that's a good place to start. And if you get to a place where you need medication from a provider, then there you are. Obviously, I'm not a doctor and none of this is actual medical advice. It is just a friend on a podcast. It's very, very normal to you guys to feel anxious in general right now. The pandemic, it's craziness. I mean, people are sick. People have actually died. We have lost lives. We've lost souls to this pandemic. We're allowed to be more anxious than normal. We're allowed to be more on edge, more nervous. But we're also allowed and entitled to healing and recovering from that and starting to feel more like ourselves again, starting to feel more normal, less anxious, more peace. And that's going to be my pretty quick roadmap to panic attacks. I'll definitely dive more into them again in the future. But today I would also like to get into the next topic, which I'm super, super excited about. It is choosing a high vibe tribe, surrounding yourself with high vibrational friends people who love you and support you, but also challenge you and inspire you and love you enough to want more for you, right? And to not encourage your bad habits. I've had and I've lost some friendships because I'm human and that's a huge part of the human experience. But something that I've learned is The people you surround yourself with, eventually you're going to start to resemble them, right? And you're going to start to pick up on their habits and their quirks and the way they speak and the way they see the world. And it goes both ways, right? So if you have negative habits, negative tendencies, and you're around a group of people, you are going to rub off on them in the same way. 
because energy is so contagious. It is so transferable. Energy just leaps and leaps and bounds and bounds off of us onto others and vice versa. And so it's really, really important to surround yourself with people who have a similar vibration to you. And I'm not saying people who are similar to you. Like, go be friends with people from different countries. Go be friends with people who like different music, who like different culture, who like different hobbies, who have different interests. Go be friends with all different types of people, of different walks of lives, of races, of genders. Go make friends with the world. But try to find people who feel good to you. Try to find people whose presence feels good and light and healthy. Not someone whose presence feels tiring. Because we all have that friend. And honestly, I think we've all been that friend at some point or another who's negative, who's a vacuum, right? Who's just a vacuum of negativity. And they just suck all of the positivity and all of the joy out of a room because they're complaining, because the sun's too bright today, because work is hard. I mean, they're just complaining. And it's okay and natural to go through small phases of complaint, but to be stuck in it, to be living in it is a completely different thing. And honestly, in the last couple years, I've started to pay attention to myself and the way my moods and my emotions kind of ebb and flow and change with other people. And I've noticed that when I'm around people who do a lot of complaining, who are really upset with life, who are cynical, I start to absorb that and I start to reflect that back to them. I start to also complain about little petty small things, your first world problems and all that. And then right on the other hand, when I'm around people who don't complain, people who are super optimistic and just happy to be alive and really thankful and just really light and like sunshine, when I'm around that kind of person, I feel sort of like challenged to raise my vibrations up to meet theirs because if I'm around that kind of person and I'm being negative and a Debbie Downer, I mean, that's not going to work. My energy isn't going to mesh with theirs. They're not going to like that. They're, they're going to run far away from those low, angry vibrations. And you guys, we all have our seasons, right? Everybody goes through some dark times, some depressed months. It's okay and it's normal to go through those heavier times. But we can't dwell on them forever. We can't live in them forever and ever. And if we surround ourselves with people who are still living in the past and who are still caught up in that negative mindset, then we're going to adopt that negative mindset. We're going to follow suit. A really bad habit that I have and that I think a lot of empaths have is I like to fix people. I like to save people. I'll meet someone, they're going through something just really, really traumatizing or traumatic and you know, maybe I've given them some advice and they don't really want to take it. They're not quite ready to feel better. They're not quite ready to be healed and so they're self-destructing and I just want to fix them. I just want to you know, bandage them up, take them into the Allison hospital, push them out. Like, I just want to fix it. But I've done a lot of damage to myself and to my life by trying to throw out a lifeline for somebody else. I've almost drowned so many times trying to save somebody else. Because sometimes when we're going through 
a lot of just really tough, heavy stuff. I mean, it's good to be surrounded by people who are survivors of that, people who've already made it to the other side because they show you just what can happen, what can be. They demonstrate to you the life that's waiting on you on the other side of all of this. And I can't think of anything more motivating than that. And again, I'm not trying to say, don't be friends with people who are going through stuff. You can be friends with people who are going through stuff. I'm just saying, instead of always choosing friends who embody the current habits you have, why not try choosing friends who embody the habits and the lifestyle you want to have? What you're aspiring toward? Because that's how growth happens. That gap between where you are now and where you would absolutely love to be, that's where the magic happens. I just feel like in the last year, as I've really focused and zoomed in on surrounding myself with optimistic women and dreamer type of women who are just ambitious and have a lot of dreams and hopes and independent women and passionate women, when I surround myself with this type of person, it elevates me. It makes me want to push myself. It makes me want to just bring my energy up. It genuinely makes me want to be a better version of myself. And I think that's such a great thing to have in friendships. Talk about a double whammy, right? Talk about a double win. You have this great, fulfilling, adult, healthy friendship. And then on top of that, it also motivates you to better yourself. What? This is great. <laughs> this should be the standard. This should totally be the standard. But we live in a world where we're just kind of taught that we're rehabilitation centers. We are human versions of rehabilitation centers that people can just pull up to and problem dump and come to you day in and day out with the same problems and then not take your advice. And we're just supposed to withstand it. And you know, I've been on both ends of that in my life and it's not healthy and it's not fair. So I think it's really important to choose friends who also are on a mission to better themselves and are on a wellness journey of their own. And it's really great to be around people with different mindsets than you. People who have a similar vibration in that it's high and it's powerful like yours and it's optimistic but people who just think so differently that they push you to think in a new way and they challenge your beliefs, your pre-existing beliefs, and they just get the wheels turning. They get you curious. That's what life's about. Us human beings, we are communal things. We are meant to be learning from each other. We are meant to be growing together. We were put on this earth to be one. When you have a high vibe tribe full of people who support you, it's unstoppable. You are unstoppable. And something that I think is really important to note is a good indicator of if people are quote unquote high vibe tribe worthy is how do they react when you succeed? How, how do your loved ones, I mean, how loudly do they cheer when you win, when you do really well, when you succeed at work, you have a promotion, who's clapping? Pay attention. And I don't mean who is sending you a long message. People are busy. People are humans, okay? Maybe they didn't see the update that you got the promotion on Facebook. Maybe they just haven't gotten around to it yet. But the people in your circle, when you go to them with news that you did something well or you won, do they support you? Do they build you up? Or do they ever poke holes? 
Do they ever try to kind of diminish your success or make fun of it or make less of it? Because true friends and people who are also on a journey to better themselves, they'll never see you as competition for winning because they know that there's plenty of pie to go around. We can all win. Seriously, we can all be winners. We can all have our dreams. It doesn't have to be a competition. And there's plenty of people in the world who view it as a competition. It doesn't need to be. It shouldn't be. We're a team. We're all in this together. High school musical style. Also, can you guys believe that High School Musical literally came out like 15 years ago? My late 90s babies, I'm looking around at you like, how did that happen? We were seriously just in third grade watching that or fourth grade watching that at a slumber party. How crazy is that? Time is just zooming. Anyway, I'm definitely going to wrap this up before I go down the High School Musical rabbit hole because 20 minutes from now, we will be karaokeing, breaking free together, and we just can't do that today. Not today, guys. We'll save that for like a special episode. As always, you guys, it has been amazing to just sit here and get real with you and get authentic and open with you. I love having this space where I can just come and say all of the things that have been sitting in my journal just you know with no listeners it's nice to be able to come here and actually have ears to pour this into if you are not following the instagram yet go ahead and get on that Um, i do these little poll quiz things to kind of get ideas for new topics to dive into so if you want to be a part of the selection process for that give us a follow. It is on my personal Instagram. They are both listed on the podcast main Spotify page. You can find it there. And yeah, I just hope everybody has a phenomenal weekend and an incredible rest of January in case I don't see you before February. Thanks for tuning in to Wishing You Wellness. See you next time.